Hey sinners, Serotonin here, just dropping in with a quick intro. This podcast was originally written and recorded for Spotify, where I'm able to embed some ripper tunes between segments to support the topics, new releases, or particular artists which are discussed. This version has been adjusted to allow sharing on alternate platforms and unfortunately won't include those tracks, which might make my silly segues and transitions just a little bit strange. If you would like to be able to check out the songs that were intended to be part of this episode, jump through the Sin and Steel link tree to the songs from the Sin and Steel podcast playlist, or see the track listing in the description of the episode. Hello and welcome to Sin and Steel, the heavy metal podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Tonin. And in today's episode, being our very first, I'm going to give a bit of an introduction of myself and this podcast before we dive into recent news in the metal community. First up, what's the aim for Sin and Steel? Why have I created this podcast? Well, I wanted to create a space where we can discuss and share heavy metal music or things that are metal adjacent in a way that hopefully appeals to a wide range of people with varied tastes in music. I want it to be less focused on technical breakdown of the music and more just on enjoyment of it and the metal community. It's for the fans of heavy metal. I'm planning to run three different episode formats, all of which will include songs between segments, um, creating a bit more of a radio feel, but we're gonna have a lot more flexibility in what we can play. Spotify Premium members will be able to listen to the whole episode as well as all the songs that I include, while free users will unfortunately be limited to only the 30 second samples of the songs. I'm hoping that even with a sample, you'll still find something new to go and listen to, be inspired to go back and listen to something you haven't in a long time, um, and just still enjoy the vibe of the podcast. Episodes will rotate through the three formats with a main episode like the one today, but we'll have a proper topic rather than introductions. And we'll look at metal news and new releases. There'll be a trivia episode run kind of like pub trivia where you can listen in, play alone, test your own knowledge and learn some tidbits or play competitive. Get a group of mates together and play for blood. Please, please do this. My nerdy heart would love to see people getting together for heavy metal trivia. If you do, take some photos and tag me on social media. The third format will be an artist spotlight episode where we'll talk about the band, their history, and listen to some of their music together. This month we'll be looking at Brazilian thrashers, Nervosa. So to go back to the question, why have I created Sin and Steel? Well, I did it for the love of metal. That was For the Love of Metal by Dee Snyder. And look, I like Twisted Sister, but Dee's solo stuff is rad. It just has this really traditional heavy metal punch, and as he's aged, his voice has gotten so much better. Uh, Definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. So who the hell am I? Who am I to be commenting on heavy metal and running a podcast? I'm no one really. I'm just a fan of the music. I've grown up around heavy metal thanks to my dad, my stepmom, and the many uncle figures that were around. I was raised on Iron Maiden, Metallica, ACDC, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, Dio, and so much more before I expanded my horizons as I made more friends who were also into heavy metal. I don't play any instruments. I'm not a musician. Uh, My dad is. 
He's played with a few different bands, he's travelled the world with one of them. Um, and so myself and my siblings spent plenty of our childhood in recording studios or being roadies, helping lug the equipment around for band practice and local gigs. I worked at JB Hi-Fi in my late teens where I was able to get involved in ordering of new music for the store, pushing for more power metal, viking metal and other stuff that hadn't really been stocked before. There was a rule back then that we couldn't play any music in the store from the hard rock and heavy metal section, but I convinced my manager at the time to break that rule so that we could pump stuff like Iron Maiden of an evening when all the tradies were coming in after work. This led to our music sales being more metal than pop, a feat which was incredibly rare at the time, so I was very proud of my local bogans for that one. That job had a bunch of perks. Um, I got my first pick of any posters that came in and when the store was quiet, I'd spend time sourcing metal albums that were rare, limited editions or otherwise harder to get. The staff discount didn't hurt either. I haven't bought a CD in years, but I still love the collection I built up back then. There was also the occasional band meet and greet um, or signing arranged in the city stores. They always had limited numbers, so you'd have to get a ticket, even if it was a free event. I was pretty much guaranteed access as I'd always get my name put down on the list first. Around the same time, I was volunteering with the Soundwave Street Team. I'd get into a load of gigs for free in exchange for promotion. So I was that annoying person pushing flies in your face on your way out of the venue at the end of the night, but it was totally worth it. I got to go see many great bands including like Creator, Monster Magnet, Lamb of God, Death Stars, so much more. I also worked the Soundwave festivals so I'd do things like putting wristbands on people at entry, do that for a first hour or so and then I'd be good to go and enjoy the rest of the show. These days I've got a super nerdy job managing workplace health and safety across Victoria. In my spare time I create a whole lot of visual art and I'm working with a local high school to run Dungeons and Dragons games. Other than listening to the music and attending gigs, I'm otherwise not really involved in the community anymore. That's one of the motivators for me doing this podcast, to keep up to date and get more involved. So, who am I? I'm just a fan. Speaking of fans, I've had some clips submitted from other headbangers, so let's listen in as they tell us why and what they love about heavy metal. One of the things I love about metal and metal music are the fans, the headbangers. Back in the 80s, you walk down a street somewhere in the city, run into a group of people wearing metal shirts, could instantly chat to each other and be friends. Just fantastic. The same with gigs. People are always just really good to each other. There's no competitiveness between who was better. We just all enjoyed the music. We would get together, bring our own copies of various albums on vinyl and listen to them. Therefore, my collection of music, which had a lot of Iron Maiden in it, other friends would have things like Wasp or Y&T, perhaps Dio and uh, Kiss. They'd all come along and we'd just listen to each other's albums all the time, play pool. Just fantastic camaraderie between all of the different people. I think what I love most about metal, particularly now, in 25 plus years since I discovered it uh, is the nostalgia that it makes me feel um, what I love about metal is it, it gives me those nice memories of finding groups of people like-minded people and us forming amazing friendships around metal 
Um, so the community that I kind of found at, at that particular time um, is something that metal still makes me think of now. And when I was introduced to it at the age of I don't know, 13, so it was that 1997, by my friend Stuart, and I'm still close to now, I'll say well over 25 years later. You know, he, he I, I went around his house, he played the guitar, he was basically metal of metals. He had like Iron Maiden banners, Fear Factory posters, Sepultura posters, and he lent me Sepultura's um, Attitude single, uh, which had uh, Attitude as well as um, a live version of Biotech, and I adored that cd it was my first real introduction to metal and it was just so wildly different to anything that i had thought possible um, in music and it, it just blew me away and it just opened the door to a bunch of different genres from that so yeah i think it to summary for why i love metal is the community around it i don't know if it's as much these days i suppose in recent times i think i've seen more segregation in metal as more subgenres have come out it seems to be more infighting, but certainly back then, it was very much this is a place where misfits can, you know, come together, be a bunch of dorks, you know, girls, boys, all of us in the friend group, all of us going to gigs. I was in a band with my mates. You know, that's what metal gave me, was it gave me an introduction to a community and really, really good times. And I still love it now for that, for that particular reason. Hey, hey, it's Nerdy Nick, and I'm here recording in a bathroom to give it a classic Misfits earlier album feel. Why do I love heavy metal? Because metal is life and metal is love. And of course, metal is power. Living, you listen to metal, you will get power. Well, not guaranteed, but you know how it is. Favorite metal band of all time, I'm gonna be cliche and say Metallica, because again, I grew up on them. However, when it comes to my favorite artist, it is Moldstein, and I would recommend anyone if they get the chance to listen to Moldstein while he plays with the Japanese Symphony Orchestra, as in that man is brilliant. Favorite subgenre of metal? Why, it's gotta be new metal, of course, with the greatest band of all time, Limp Bizkit. Yeah, just kidding. It's theatrical metal or just classic heavy rock for me, or Monster Ballads as well. I'm 53 years old. I discovered this music when I was probably about 12, but I'd already been listening to Alice Cooper, Black Sabbath, ACDC, The Angels as my cousins were a bit older, and I just kept it going. My favorite band, well, I don't really have one anymore. I used to love Wasp, I used to love Metallica, but uh, not so much anymore. I do like Thrash, but I do like Melodic as well. Being a uh, bit of a vocalist, I like to be able to hear the lyrics. You cannot stop the metal! I reckon that last clip from Blackie is killer. I could probably use that over and over again in this podcast. You cannot stop the metal! There are so many things to love about heavy metal and I'm sure we could all list numerous reasons we like it. But outside of the sound alone, the common factor seems to be the brotherhood, the camaraderie and the community that comes together around metal. It's a wonderful thing and I'm sure we can dive into that more in future episodes. That was Morbid Angel with Maze of Torment. Jumping into recent news, Morbid Angel have been doing their US tour, uh, the US Tour of Terror for their 40th anniversary and it has certainly lived up to its name. Supported by Revocation, Crypta and Vitriol, 
The seemingly cursed tour has been impacted by a series of unfortunate events that may ring true to superstitious folks who believe all bad things come in threes. Starting with the more minor incidents of the tour, Morbid Angel's guitarist Trey took a fall down the steps of the tour bus hurting his back. Later in the tour, he collapsed on stage only six songs in. The band attempted to play another song, but in the end they had to call it a night. Trey was found to have been very dehydrated at the time of the incident, but recovered well and continued to tour. On the night in question, when apologising to the fans, they so wholesomely told them, I love all you motherfuckers. While playing in Cincinnati, Revocation's guitarist and vocalist Dave tripped on a cable on stage. He fell and broke his wrist, and then he did what he called pulling a Hetfield and stood down as guitarist for the rest of the tour, performing only the vocals. The most tragic event though, was the structural collapse at the Apollo Theater in Illinois when it was hit by a tornado. Crypta had just finished their set as the tornado warning was called in, so the venue announced that the gig would need to be stopped. They did their best in ushering people towards the basement doors, wanting them to be somewhere that was more structurally sound until everything passed. Recounts of attendees have been shared in a number of articles, social media posts, and on forums on Reddit. It was said that things escalated pretty quickly and the front section of the wall ripped off and fell into the street. Windows in the bar then shattered as the wind increased and kind of forced people to retreat back into the main hall away from all the windows. But it was in there where mere seconds later, the roof in the hall collapsed on top of the patrons. In true metalhead fashion, a whole lot of people jumped into action, lifting and removing debris, digging in the rubble to pull people out. And where they couldn't, they were sitting with them, bringing them water and doing whatever they could to help keep them stable until the emergency services could arrive. I, I feel like this is an absolute testament to metalheads and the way they look out for each other. Because when someone falls to the ground after crowd surfing or in the mosh pit, it is ingrained in their nature to pick that person back up it's part of gig etiquette to help people and take care of each other. This is that same act, but on absolute extreme mode. There are videos and photos around showing some of these heroes in action. It's definitely worth checking out if you get the chance. Over 20 ambulances were called out to the scene where there were a ton of serious injuries and tragically, there was one death. Fred Livingston Jr. was killed in the collapse. His family put up a GoFundMe, which has since exceeded its goal, and they've expressed their gratitude to the outpouring of love and donations they've received from Fred's Metalhead Brotherhood. They shared some tidbits about his life for all the donors, including things like his favourite band was Slayer, uh, he used to play in a band called The Bloody Stump, and there was other involvement in the metal community. There's a whole lot of other GoFundMes open for those who've suffered serious injuries and you'll find a link to these in the Sin and Steel link tree. It looks like there's also plans for a benefit gig in May. Next up, we're going to take a look at new releases from April, one of which was Overkill's latest album, Scorched. Here's a track from this one, Harder They Fall. It is a great album and definitely worth a listen for any thrash fans. There have been a load of new releases over April, so we'll touch on a few here, but I've also put together a playlist which you'll find in the Sin and Steel link tree or shared on social media. That way you can go back and have a bit of a look at what's come out. 
For April Fool's Day, Spider God released a grotty, heavy cover of the Toys R Us jingle. It was very well received, so in the end they released a whole album of jingles. It's not on Spotify, so I can't share it here, but if you search Spider God, add renditions on Bandcamp, you can listen there. They covered the Beans Means Heinz jingle, Huggies I'm a Big Kid Now, and I Feel Like Chicken Tonight. It's ridiculous fun. Some of the singles that have come out um, over the past month include Glory Hammer, Keeper of the Celestial Flame of Abernathy. It's like party power metal. Immortal released War God and War Against All. Great black metal with some really awesome ambience. For a death metal fix, Hellwitch released Delegated Disruption. Some UK thrash from Killanova with Bleed by Example, which such a good song name, Bleed by Example. It's brutal with some melodic aspects and wicked vocals. For our old school rockers, Extreme released Banshee and Tigers of Pantang came out with Back for Good. In EPs, we have Penny Coffin, Conscripted Morality, it's hard and heavy death metal from the UK, dirty vocals. Honestly, it sounds like creatures devouring people in the woods. It's fantastic. All for Metal released some rad power metal with Mountain of Power. And in albums, we have Sabaton, Stories from the Western Front. It's exactly what you would expect from Sabaton. Powerful, exaggerated vocals, bit cheesy, and it's all about war. Metallica released their 72 seasons. I'll be honest, I haven't actually listened to it yet. I'm hearing mixed reviews and it, it has had lower sales for them than what they used to, but I'm sure it's fine. You know, they're, they're kind of dad rock these days and we've got to accept that. Sorry if I butcher this one, but Anthropophagists have released Abuse of a Corpse and I fucking love this. This is American death metal, clean, some melodic intros. It is just so good. Um, we have a song coming up from them soon. Angus McSix put out their album and I had to have a good laugh at the first single released, um, Master of the Universe. So for those who are unfamiliar, Glory Hammer's albums follow the hero Angus McFife. Some shit went down, including some leaked chats and the vocalist left the band and was replaced. Well, he's now gone off with his own band and he's playing up on it all, now being Angus McSix. So the song master of the universe it's all about taking it back over and coming back one better what else is new well the heavy metal streaming service thunderflix is now live uh, there's a range of concerts and docos available on there and they've got more stuff going up regularly i saw them post that they're looking at getting live streams from festivals as part of their service um, so i'll really be looking forward to that one first thing i watched when i signed up was murder in the front row such a good doco uh, definitely worth a go at the six dollars 66 per month or 60 60 per year um, really cool service and i'm looking forward to seeing what what else comes from it i went out to see aussie rockers rose tattoo a couple of weeks back they're always a good time. Um, it is a pity though that Angry Anderson feels the need to go on these old man rants. 
he's like reaching for things to complain about in an attempt to kind of maintain his status as a rebel you know it sounds like he's just hating things for the sake of hating them um my brother cracked me up though when he said and i'm sure this joke has been done but <laughs> he's not angry he's just disappointed faster pussycat guitarist ronnie simmons has joined rose tattoo and while he looks a little bit out of place with his glam aesthetic He's got such a good stage presence and he really added to the show. I've started rewatching Metalocalypse after realizing I never watched the last season and knowing now that the movie's somewhere on the horizon, I thought I'd jump back in. So we've been waiting for this one for a while, but it has been promised that it's going to be this year along with a new album and a tour. I'll really be looking forward to that movie. I'm hoping that they'll at least have limited airing in the cinemas. When the show first came out I, I got my brother and my dad into it and I had my dad following along with Squizgar's shredding tutorials in the bonus features and then for my 18th birthday he got me those limited run death clock figurines. They still sit happily on my shelf with my pickles having his two left hands. It would be really good to be able to go see the movie with them. I apologize again if I butcher this, but that was Hidden Crematoriums by Anthropophagus. Thank you for listening in today. I really hope that you enjoyed the Sin and Steel introduction episode. Please follow me on Spotify, on social media, and consider taking a look at my Redbubble store, where I've put a bunch of my art up as Sin and Steel merchandise. Our next episode is scheduled to be released on the 16th of May and will be heavy metal trivia. A trivia sheet will be provided for free download through Patreon prior to the episode so that if anyone does want to play competitively, you've got one there you can use. And until next time, stay metal.